Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear, to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients, but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories, and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, where we decode the engines of growth that propel today's most successful businesses. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and today we're diving deep into the digital frontier with a true pioneer of the industry. Joining us in the studio today is Felix Villard, Villardi, a visionary who began shaping the digital landscape back when the internet was just spreading its wings. As the founder of one of the first specialist digital agencies in 1994 and a leader who has helmed multiple award-winning marketing agencies, Felix's journey is a masterclass in innovation and growth. Beyond his agency accolades, Felix has enriched the minds of MBA students as an adjunct professor, contributed to global digital initiatives, and now leads 2Y3X, a program that turbocharges agency revenue. Welcome to the show, Felix. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you. So um, so I know uh, one of the things that jumped right out at me is your book. I mean, uh, do you want to maybe tell us how you got to where you are and what, what prompted you to write a book? And um, and then we can maybe branch off from there into some some other questions. Sure. This is a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all at, our, <laughs> at my age? They are. That's for sure. I'm not so sure about yourself. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started my first agency more or less by accident, as, as you said, in 1994. I had blue hair, nobody would give me a job, and the web had just been switched on, and I thought, hey, this is amazing. And I wanted to break all the rules and break the advertising industry, and it was we had great fun. Um, and that led to a career of um, founding several different agencies. One became the digital arm of Low Worldwide. Uh, we sold uh, a bunch of agencies, in the end, I, I think I founded six agencies, wow. uh, five of which uh, I sold, one of which died on its own uh, through ineptitude on my part. Um, uh, and, you know, I, 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 I kind of joke that I've probably screwed up more agencies than most people will ever screw up. Screw up. Or start, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I ended up as an agency uh, group CEO, and I had 12 agencies in that group. 
uh, in a virtual roll-up in the early teens. And, uh, and I found that my agency career really, really stressful because I couldn't figure out how to scale. I could not figure out how to get past that damn growth barrier, the, the, the plateau. And I kept having sort of feast and famine and, and you know, the, all the usual frustrations of every founder. Uh, but, I, but I had them several times because I had several agencies. I, I'd just get to a point where I was so frustrated with not being able to scale them that I'd sell it and I'd start another one because I knew wow. I was good at it, right? I knew I was good at getting it to, you know, a couple of million or whatever um, and then selling it and moving on. Um, but it was incredibly frustrating. And then I semi-retired or tried to retire in 2015, sold everything, uh went about my travels went to burning man had a ball you know i had a blast and decided that what i really wanted to do was um if i had to work at all i wanted to help other people like me get through the the sort of scaling problems and all of the the really irritating frustrations that every single founder has and you would think that there was knowledge out there about how to get past all of this stuff because we've been running companies more or less this way for 150 years. And it turns out there are. And there are great organizations like Vistage and what have you that will give you like your, your sort of mentoring and coaching to get there. But I wanted to shortcut that and create a program. So I created 2Y3X. And then the book was essentially the, the manual for the program. Um, and that got picked up by Hachette Worldwide um a couple of years ago 21 um and it's just come out in its second edition that's in you nice. know water Kobo and apple books and all the rest of it yeah. so yeah so that is wow it, it's two y three x is that two years three times is that uh that's what that yeah. means and uh you know I think? yeah i i i always prided myself on being great at uh, propositions right private okay. propositions clients yeah. my agencies and i always always wanted all my agencies were called things that would stick in your head like right. underwire, right? Or head. Um and I, I, and I wanted to. <laughs> I, I wanted something that that did what it says on the tin. And two Y three X does what it says in the, on the tin. It's a two year program. Yeah. It triples yeah. your revenue. It probably gonna five X your um value. Um and we guarantee it. So it's it, it's it's right. it does what it says. And it holds us to account because it makes sure that we are focused always on delivering on the promise because otherwise two white threads doesn't mean anything and right. i think that's really I, whether it's about you know self-promotion aside i think any if you've got a proposition it's got to mean something you've got to stand behind it and it's got to rule the way that you operate and yeah. so I, I, i'm a great fan of really um well thought through propositions that can last years because they remain true yeah has your uh, as your time as an adjunct professor um, influenced your approach to business, or was that part of the inspiration for two Y three X, or um, how did that fit into the the, the well, dynamic? So I, I was I was extremely flattered to be asked to. It was uh, Halt International Business School, which is one of the top tier MBA schools. Um, and I'd already been teaching at Henley and the Institute of Direct Marketing and the Direct Marketing Association and so on. So, you, you know, long in the tooth from a, from a passing on and sharing what I know point of view. But Holt um, needed somebody to teach strategy uh, and in particular 
um, customer strategy and customer um, uh, CRM. And I happened to have the world's leading CRM agency at the time or ECRM agency at the time. And I was about to start working with Maylin Fung, who was the co-inventor of CRM. She invented concepts like customer lifetime value. Um, and so I, I uh, joined Halt and uh, it was really interesting. It, it sort of showed me that MBAs are really very basic. They, they, they really are the sort of things that you should be taught at school, let alone in a master's course. Right. Um, really, you know, how to read a spreadsheet, how to look at a PL, how to do basic marketing. And so I found that really fascinating. So it, for me, it wasn't so much an influence on me, but it was a grounding mechanism. Okay. It sort of showed me that, you know, I'd been in marketing, digital marketing, and I'd been doing Procter & Gamble's global digital strategies and stuff like that for and Mars and News and, you know, all of these amazing huge brands. You know, you get complacent in your, not, in your belief that you understand what's going on. And then you meet a bunch of kids, you know, and there's always somebody with a bow tie in the front who's super keen and writing everything down. Um, and and they're, re they're really uh, innocent in a funny kind of way. They, they're, uh, their eyes are wide open. Uh, and yet they use digital media in ways that, frankly, alien to the likes of me, who, who you know, I was part of the, the, that generation that invented social media. And... Mm. Um, it, and yet they use the internet and they use communications in a completely different way. So I found it really, really great way of hauling myself back to um, the, the present day reality of, uh, of yeah. 20 year olds. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, fascinating. Um, fascinating. Could you maybe share a couple of the key principles you aim to impart on us in your book, Scale at Speed? Mm, uh, happy to. So I kept, as I say, I, I kept having this this feast and famine, the roller coaster, right? And I kept hitting this ceiling. And I, and I finally figured out after having exposure to all of these different agencies that I either ran or I chaired or I was running programs for, um, that there's a really really simple reason why you hit a growth barrier, uh, and and in my world, which is marketing and marketing agencies and digital and tech and virtual reality and all that kind of stuff those those the stages of growth are really predictable you sort of you know zero to a million is like finding your fit seeing whether you can sell uh seeing whether you can hold you know five or six friends together seeing whether you can pull all-nighters and still get away with the pitch the next morning right the the and, and then you figure out that actually, yeah, you have got a product, a product and you can repeat it and you can sell it to new clients. And then you get into a new phase. And that new phase is, okay, well, now we need to protect, professionalize a bit, but we can't really afford professionals. So how do we do that? And that's the bit which most founders wrestle with, you know, getting past a million. Mm -hmm. That actually takes investing in somebody who's better at it than you are. Um, that might mean a partner. It might mean not taking salary for three months while you hire somebody better than you and so on and and what happens in each of these predictable stages is another stage of 2.4 million where you get stuck and the reason you get stuck i finally realized was because you perfect this machine for delivering uh the kind of work that the clients of a 2.4 million 
uh, company want, right? right? You can be better and better and better at it. And you, you're no good anymore at delivering the little stuff down here. So you stop right. doing it, right? Because this is more profitable and you become better and better and better. And then you think, we're really, really good. Our work is brilliant. We're winning awards. We need to win the client up here. The client up here says, yeah, but all your processes are designed for this. You can't handle us. And so at best, you get included in tenders and pitches as a wild card, but you still don't get the work. Yeah. And you sit thinking, why am I not growing? Why can't I break through to the next level? Now, it took me three agencies of my own before I realized that, that this was what was happening. And it took me another agency beyond that to figure out how to get past it. And so what I realized was that you want to find a team internally that can uh, experiment with new ways of working, the kinds of ways of working that you're going to require if you are two or three times the size that you are now, right? So instead of figuring out how to make this better, you need to find a little team somewhere who can figure out what this looks like. Right. And so we create a thing called a growth lab team, which is built up of the superstars in the business. And we say, listen, we're going to create a plan. We're going to devise this plan to be five times bigger than we are or three times bigger than we are. And we want you to help. And so you get this team to come together and you build a plan. And so Scale at Speed talks about how you construct the plan, how you do the goal setting and how you break that plan down into tiny little steps and each of those steps you can then take one of those growth lab team members and say okay spend a month doing research on what the best possible way of uh i don't know um hiring a players would be right go and read who the a method for hiring by um, smart and street and come back and figure out how you might apply this in your company and then in the second month you say okay great uh, now try it on your next three hires and in the third month, you say, that worked, fantastic, let's roll it out, right? So you've made a fundamental change in the way that you operate at a tiny little level, de-risking at each step. Yeah. And so actually, if you can get five people around this table and you can get 20 different things that need to be done this year and next year and the year after in your plan, then that's one task per person per quarter, de-risked. Right. So you can you can essentially do this. The senior management team carries on carrying on, right? They maintain the status quo. They make sure the wheels don't fall off. They make sure the clients are happy. And meantime, you make one little change at a time until suddenly you're the next size up. Yeah. At which point you can start winning your clients. And that's how we that's how the two y three x program works, right? That's why we can guarantee our results. Um, and it's because we know what's going to happen. We yeah. know that if we get the right people in the room, if we do the right plan, if we do the right goal setting, that we can, uh, provided that, and here's, here's, here's the caveat to this, provided that we can keep the cadence going, provided that every single person does their homework every single month, provided that we hold everybody to account, and we eventually get them to hold each other to account, then 2Y3X works. So would that be your key to fostering innovation and creative creativity in the team? Or like, are there other approaches to 
you know, I mean, because you seems like you're constantly evolving teams, right? I mean, uh, that must be one of the biggest challenges is attracting, retaining, promoting, uh, rewarding uh, members of the team, right? And, uh, and, and fostering innovation. Yeah, in a funny kind of way, you are fostering innovation, although it doesn't really feel like that. What it feels like is that this team has ownership, right? You know, and I know, you've spoken to a million people, right? Uh, and run businesses and so on. And I, I feels like I've run a million businesses. Um, uh, we know that when you are the boss, right, you are taught that to be a good leader, you need to delegate well, right? And the yeah. problem with delegation is that it's still you. You are still the bottleneck. Somebody comes up with a great idea and says, boss, I've had a great idea. And you say, great, fantastic. Go off and do it, empowerment, right? Tick. Um, come back and check it back with me next Friday, right? And now you've got a project. And now I, my bandwidth is limited. I mean, my head is, is, isn't that big, right? So um, I'm limited to, I don't know, a dozen, maybe 24 projects. And, and that, but that includes the new website, and it also includes uh, making sure that credit contract credit controller gets replaced by somebody's better, and all of the you know the, the kibble yeah. around running a business. Yeah. Um, I, you, I'm, band, I, I'm the bottleneck. Bottleneck. My bandwidth isn't good enough to be able to delegate sufficiently fast to be able to scale a business fast. Right. Um, and so, uh, the biggest problem that that I found as a leader, and uh, and. I discovered along the way that I'm not really a great manager, but I am a good leader. Um, right. And so I eventually, having tweaked this, got, got over myself and hired somebody who was a better manager than me. Um, but you're still the bottleneck. And and what I found was I wanted to introduce change. I'd come back from a, I don't know, I'd go to a Vistage meeting, right? Vistage is this great organization, monthly mentoring. It's fab, uh, very gentle but it's re- and general purpose, but it teaches you the basics of how to be a CEO. And I'd come back and I'd say, right, we've got a new way of doing things. Uh, and, and eventually I, I, I realized that people, I'd come back and I'd, I'd, full of enthusiasm, people kind of go, okay, yes, boss, another change grenade. And they go back to the way that they did it before, right? Um, right. And, change and, grenade. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm not sure it's mine. I think I got bored. <laughs> Trademark um, registered. <laughs> Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. I think probably Pat Lencioni came with up there. It's one of those, it's one of um, Patrick Lencioni's kind of uh, right. beautiful. Um, yeah. But I, I tried to figure out how do you get people to actually not resist change? How do you get people to actually want to take responsibility? Yeah. And and because that's the dream, right? It's It's, you know, when, when you're at that point where you think, oh, my bandwidth is too much, I need to hire somebody just like me. And and in your head, it's because you want to double your bandwidth. But actually, it's right. because somebody else to take some bloody responsibility. Yeah, right. Um, very much so. Yeah. yeah. So the trick, and this is the kind of, sort of grand secret of 2Y3X and the Scale of Speed um, uh, book, is when you're putting your plan together, you get the growth lab team together and you co-create the plan with them. Because when you co-create a plan and they're the ones saying, well, I think we need to do task X. I think we need a new hiring process or I think we need uh, to implement a client satisfaction survey or I think we need a risk register. 
you can't step out of the way fast enough because they're so enthusiastic about delivering this stuff for you because it's their invention. And so this program (laughs) empowering people to own stuff, to come up with their own ideas. And our job is partly to suppress the CEO and say, it's okay, you're one of the growth lab team, you all have equal voice in this room. Outside this room, you're still the boss, right? What you say goes outside this room. But in this room, we're all in there together. Yeah. We're collaborating. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And part of our role is to say, mm, not sure you're thinking about this through properly. We need you to do a bit more critical thinking. Why don't you go off and study, uh, read Blue Ocean Strategy or read um, uh, Good to Great or, or go off and look at the last 10 winners of uh, DNAD uh, black pencil creative awards or whatever it is that, that that applies to the task in hand to make sure that people really really think um crisply and with solution proper solutions that will fit their company in mind and one of the reasons that we don't tell people oh here's the answer although if you read the book you'll you'll, you'll laugh because it's full of example answers but we don't tell people what the answer is because in your company you have have a culture and a way of doing things and the answer i would use in my company or if i were chairing that company may not apply to your culture may not work so you've got to do go off and do the research you've got to do the reading you've got to come up with a um, draft solution and test it and prototype it to make sure it works in your company for you because otherwise the rest of the company won't adopt the change yeah so switching gears, so tell me how you ended up venturing into M&A mergers and acquisition with your, uh, I guess, it's your firm, AVA Acquisitions. And uh... Yeah, um, yeah I, <laughs> so I was on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go figure it. <laughs> and I got a call afterwards. Um, and it was about M&A and agencies and the sort of the advertising market and industry and landscape. And... I was teaching a bunch of people on this podcast uh, of agency owners. Um, I think they were all digital agency owners. And I was teaching them how the basics of M&A. Because obviously I've I've sold more agencies than most people ever will. And I've been responsible for acquiring more agencies than uh, many people. And so I've been around the M&A world, you know, uh, um, uh, an extraordinary amount, actually, um, thinking about it. And I got this call after this 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 interview and this broadcast, and the call was from a guy in Austin, Texas, a guy called Peter Lang. And Peter said, um, uh, first thing that happened was that, that it turned out that he's twice as smart as me, which was which kind of like was like, oh wow. And then I had this amazing crackling conversation that made my brain fry, and it was brilliant. Um, and so I was kind of in awe of this amazing man with a red beard. Um, from Austin, Texas, who uh, who has a thing called DAB, Digital Agency Business, which is a, um, a, a an online M and A course, and it turns out it's the leading M and A course in the marketing industry. Wow! And uh, it's 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 brilliant. And he said, "Listen, I've got this M and A course, and I've started buying companies, um, but it occurred to me that." Once I bought them, 
they're just carrying on the same way that they were before I bought them, only with a few added, you know, advantages like centralized finance and HR or sort mm. of, you know, syn- synergies across the agency. Um, it's, it's more or less sort of seasoning. Um, but then I thought, what happened? What would happen if we scaled them after we bought them? Who does that? And it turns out I'm the only one um, uh, at a small scale. You know, my, the, the clients in 2 y 3 x are, are sub 10 million um, in revenue. Right. Uh, and, and the others, gazelles and so on, are designed for much bigger companies. Um, and so uh, he said, do you fancy a chat? So we met and, and had this series of conversations. And then um, middle of last year, uh, bought our first agency. And one of the reasons for me to do this was was partly validation, I think. I wanted, uh, you know, we were selling the 2Y3X program to lots of agencies and universally they were at least doubling their revenue and some of them were tripling their revenue and some were doing more. And about a third of them were selling either just before the end of the program or just after the end of the program for multiples that were um, extraordinary. I mean, it's truly exceptional. Um, and uh, I, I remember selling an, an agency that was in the program. I think they, were, they had two months to go and they were doing six or 700,000 EBITDA and we sold mm. them for a multiple of eight and a half, which is unheard of. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, eight and a half on that EBITDA is really high. Yeah. And, and it was because they didn't have any discount factors left to address because they'd been through the program. They sorted it right. all out and wow. they had this trajectory. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of quite common. Um, but there's a huge difference between doing it commercially for people and, and having consultants and facilitators uh, as we do, you know, two Y three X is, is populated by people who've run and sold their own companies who now deliver two Y three X to other companies. Um, uh, there's a difference between running it as, as a sort of a program in a consulting firm and doing it with your own money. And then <laughs> it is quite different. And, <laughs> and I'm sworn that I yeah. never run another agency again. Uh, but yeah. it turns out that, that as head of strategy at Ava Acquisitions, uh, we, and it's really good because the, the first agency that we acquired, um, we acquired them at 3 million EBITDA and they're about to um, uh, be at four and a half million, and we're amazing. fourteen months or thirteen months later. So it's amazing. You know, uh, it's nice to be able to claim that you practice what you preach, and then yeah. have the numbers to back it up. Frankly, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, well, as we sort of wind down, and one of the questions I like to ask, you know, if you could go back to sort of the beginning, in which I guess we'll say 1994, what what kind of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> <By this point. laughs> Probably a few slaps <laughs> up the side of the head. But, <laughs> but other than that, you know. Um, uh, get outside help. Get, yeah, uh, right. Uh, I'm not not uh, there's nothing to do with us, right? If you are starting your first business or you write early, if you're in that sort of zero to a million, get outside help. If that's, uh, I mean, traction is really good. EOS, which I'm sure you all know about. Yeah, I'm on EOS actually. Oh, I'm right. the integrator. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah. so EOS is fantastic for teaching you the basics of business and getting yeah. you up to that that point of, oh, we're now in the second 
stage. I mean, I know yeah. that it goes beyond that, but it gets you into that the the sort of territory that we operate in. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of sort of two million to ten million uh, range. But EOS is brilliant if you're really at the beginning. You don't know much about how to run a business. It's fantastic if you don't do something like that because it's. I mean, let's face it, it's it's not the cheapest thing in the world. No. Find a friend who has run their own business and sold it. Yeah, right. Get yeah. your a an uncle or an auntie uh to come and help you uh show you the ropes and pick you up when you fall over right yeah and you know uh, uh, brush you off um i think that that's really really critical i would say find somebody um who is not a middle-aged white man to do that uh, partly because you'll get amazingly different perspectives yeah. and partly because it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I think that in this age of social media um, and complete international blend, the more diverse you're thinking, the better. Yes. Um, uh, so I think, that, you know, we, one of the things that we do at 2Y3X is we balance every board from a gender point of view. Um, yeah, you know, we do too. But our, our business is um, run by a woman person of color where you know it's it's we we're very very uh we see the benefits frankly yeah yeah uh, all male boards not as productive as mixed boards um uh same with growth lab teams we are absolutely categorical about that yeah um but yeah we do all that of, stuff you're saying <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything yeah, exactly. you said there we're doing too it's amazing you're saying all that so it's very uh acknowledging it's about, yeah Right? It's about time, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, outside help. Yeah, Don't I totally agree. Of, of parking your ego for a little bit. I mean, it took me years to get past myself, past my sort of, my hubris of, of oh, I'm right. going to change. Oh, we're inventing new things. Oh, yeah. you know, the, the advertising dinosaurs are dead. And, da, 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 da. Um, yeah. and, and eventually somebody finally persuaded me to go to a, go to a meeting in my first meeting literally the guy opposite me said oh everybody knows that if you do this you get that and i went back to the office and did it and made three years of membership fees for the organization I mean, you know crazy so um do that that's that's my one awesome. killer piece of advice get that's outside advice. help yeah um, that's great advice m and i m and a in any way shape or form if you want to sell your company you can't do it on your own yeah uh do you mean stuff. get a broker? Do you mean, or do you mean get, or, or don't don't get people in the company helping you to fashion the company to, for sale? Firstly, you need somebody who can help you get your company ready for sale because the secrets yeah. of buyers, and I've been both sides, and now I buy agencies uh, yeah. and buy companies. You know the, the the reasons we buy are not the reasons you sell. The we reasons we the motivations for us are not the ones you think they are. Right, right. We're not disc discounting you because you're you've got a forty percent client because uh, it risks the money that we invest in you. We're discounting you that forty percent client because it risks wiping the value that we get on day two after we've signed, where we're you are suddenly worth six x what you were worth yesterday that we paid for exactly. you. There are exactly. a whole bunch of reasons you need pros. So, yeah. um, uh, join program like ours go and find a um a friend who's done at least three sales uh talk to every advisor that you can 
and be very, very conscious that the second you step onto the M&A slope, you're not getting off. And if right. you haven't got a team running your business behind you, your business will fall off. So don't do this blind. Yeah. It's so seductive. M&A is so seductive. I loved it. And my goodness, what a, what a colossal distraction it is. So yeah. having a growth lab team and a senior management team behind you running your business, that's the solution. So, yeah. yeah. That's Lots amazing. Great advice. Great advice. So so tell us about getting, if companies want to work with 2Y3X program and about the book and getting a hold of you for other reasons and uh, any of that stuff. Share some of that with us. So um, 2Y3X.com. Um, and in fact, there's a really great tool that will tell you what things you need to fix first and which things are the biggest risks in your current business based on your opinion of your business. So there's a, a self-assessment scorecard. It's, it's at 2y3x.com slash scorecard. It's free. It takes about five minutes. Um, and you have to leave us your email address. But you get a ton of really good advice. Uh, about where to start and what you should be focusing on whether you work with us eventually or not doesn't matter um i want people to be as successful as they possibly can be and so we've got a bunch of free tools to uh, so that people can do self-help and of course you can go off and buy the book amazon all formats or any other bookstore that you can think of apple and so on um, and teach yourself that's awesome that's great well, I want to thank you today for joining me on the Profit Powerhouse. It's been really compelling. I'm definitely going to check out 2y3x.com and also Vistage. Was that V-I-S-T-A-G-E? That was a group you mentioned? or Vistage yeah, is it... really it's a, an international CEO membership organization. Yeah. It's, cool. You know, I'm going to check that out too. And um, Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today. It was great having you as a guest. Thank you. Thank you so much, Glenn. tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the be a guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button, and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media and continue the conversation and stay inspired. For resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast where your success story begins.